this is no, this is the media majors podcast stop singing stop singing with the beat this is media majors i'm liam senior this is tom lockney tom jesus christ this is the this is the this is the theme this is gonna be the theme of the podcast and you are singing over it never this is media majors Hello, everybody. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Yuri on Ice Majors. What? I'm Tom Lockney. I'm Liam Sr., and I guess we're talking about Russian ice skaters? Yeah, we are. We're talking about Hot Boys this week. You oh, know, your favorite sweet. Hot Boy podcast. It, I mean, I wish we were a Hot Boy podcast, and today Me that too. wish came true. <laughs> because we are the Hot Boys, but not, like, we're not attractive. We are both hot. ugly as sin. But we have to turn off all the fans and stuff. I don't when know. We I'm like, I've got like so. a good scruff. I've got huge rippling biceps. I have an eight pack, but just a rat like face. I mean, it's just a, <laughs> it's like a, it's like a toilet flushing. A real Fabio situation. No, I wish. That man is beyond gender. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome to Media Majors. This is a storytelling podcast about major media. My name is Tom Lockney, and I'm interested in video games and internet culture. My name is Liam Sr., and I left my TV on, which is funny, because I'm interested in TV and movies. Hey, there you go. And you're going first this week. Yep. Uh, this story is called Save the Last Dance for Me or Gross. Uh-oh. <laughs> also, I, sh- I should just say, like, heavy material, so, like, trigger warning, I think, oh, is yeah. appropriate. Mine as well. For my story, child abuse, specifically sexual in nature. Also sexual abuse for mine. You know, we're, we're, we'll try to still make this a podcast. Anyways. <laughs> Liam, tell me the story. So March 16th, 1940, Bernardo Bertolucci is born. Oh, it, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay, keep going. Oh, God. A filmmaker and screenwriter. He is... (laughs) Sorry. I wrote he has won two Academy Awards, but I spelled one like the number. (laughs) Uh, He has won two Academy Awards, two Golden Globes, a DGA Award, a Golden Lion, and an honorary Palme d'Or from Cannes. Most of these were for The Last Emperor, a movie I have seen that is as long as it is boring. Uh, he is also the director of Last Tango in Paris, uh, starring Marlon Brando and Maria Schneider. Yeah. Here's the Wikipedia synopsis for the entire movie. Marlon Brando plays Paul, a middle-aged American hotel owner, mourning his wife's suicide. He meets a young, engaged Parisian woman named Jean, Jean, whatever the French Jean. version is. Yeah, Jean. Like, or Jean, like Jean, like Jean Dark. Got it. Jean, Jean Dark, my favorite yeah. detective. Joanna novelist. Dark, perfect zero protagonist. Uh, I'll pretend I know what that is. Uh, Maria Schneider plays Jean, and at an apartment, both of them are interested in renting. Uh, Paul takes the apartment after they begin an anonymous sexual relationship. He insists neither of them share any personal information, even give names. And the affair continues until one day, Jean arrives at the apartment and finds that Paul has packed up and left without warning. Uh, They later meet on the street, and he says he wants to renew the relationship. He tells her of the recent tragedy of his wife. As he tells uh, his life's story, they walk into a tango bar, where he continues to just tell her about himself. This sounds like a very classic, uh, like white dude movie where it's like oh hey lady like let me just tell you about myself let me problem dump all over your chest (laughs) 
<laughs> so him like confessing all this stuff to her totally ruins the illusion. So she tells Paul she does not want to see him again. Paul chases her back to the apartment where he tells her he loves her and wants to know her name. So she takes a gun from her door, tells her her name, and shoots him. And then Whoa! he dies. Uh, she mutters to herself that he was a stranger who tried to rape her. She did not know who he was, as if in a rehearsal preparing for questioning by the police. That's basically the movie. The film's raw portrayal of sexual violence and emotional turmoil led to the international controversy and drew various levels of government censorship in different venues. Upon release in the U.S., the most graphic scene was cut, and the MPAA gave the film an X rating. After revisions were made the M- to the MPA rating codes, in 97, the film was reclassified as NC-17 for some explicit sexual content. And then they even have released an R-rated cut, which I imagine is like 26 minutes long. Tom. Liam. Would you like to guess how old they were when filming? Marlon Brando and... Maria Schneider. And Maria Schneider. Marlon Brando, uh, as far as I know, hatched out of an egg looking like a wet leather bag. <laughs> yep, um, that's accurate. Yeah. So I'm going to guess that he has just always been aged like 64 his entire life. He was 43, but he looked 64. Okay. And and uh, Murray, Mary Shriver? Maria Schneider. Maria Schneider. Oh, boy. I, I'm going to just guess that she was, like, 16. 19. Okay. Well, that's a, that's still a still little bad. Weird, no, but... Tom, it's still bad. As was his practice in previous films, Brando refused to memorize his lines for many of the scenes. Instead, he wrote his lines on cue cards and posted them around the set, leaving Bertolucci with the problem of keeping them out of the picture frame. During his long monologue over the body of his wife, for example, Brando's dramatic lifting of his eyes upward is not spontaneous dramatic acting, but looking for his next cue card. Oh my fucking god, that's incredible. Brando asked Bertolucci if he could write lines on Maria's butt, which the director rejected. Good. (laughs) Speaking of butts, they did do a scene where Brando uses butter as lube to anally rape her. This scene was Brando's Brando's idea. What the fuck? dude it's the most infamous scene in the movie which like that sucks that's like that's like nine and a half weeks but somehow i mean literally rapier yeah so this scene is kind of going to be the focal point for our story today but first let's learn a little bit about maria schneider in a 1973 interview with the new york times schneider discusses her sexuality this is a quote no not all young people are like me I've done more than most people my age, I think. I got started early. I left my mother's home when I was 15. I had my first affair at 16. We did everything but not penetration. Now I'm bisexual completely, and I've had quite a few lovers for my age. More men than women. Probably 50 men and 20 women. I'm I'm incapable of fidelity. Have a need for a million experiences. Women I love more for beauty than for sex. Men I love for grace and intelligence. Well, yeah, that's typically where I look to for grace and intelligence is men. Dudes. Yeah. Uh, In the same interview, she also talks about her drug habits. I want to try things. I want to know things. She goes on speaking in public. I've tried heroin about four times, but I throw up when I take it. It made me very negative. I can't hear any music anymore. I can't make love when I take it. Cocaine is exciting in the beginning, but it's nothing. You want to sleep, you're boring. Now all I do is smoke pot. And then she offers the interviewer some pot. (laughs) <laughs> that fucking rules. Here's the thing is, as I do, learn doing research from it, I keep reading different stories from the same people. And mm. I think one of it is just the process of growing up. 
So she yeah. talks also in this interview about her relationship with Brando. Everybody asks that because they all want to know who you're sleeping with and whether you're wearing makeup and what hour you get up. No, we didn't make love. It was a very paternalistic thing and a good friendship. I wasn't excited by him, although my friends told me I should be, and I don't think he was excited by me. He's old, almost 50, and he's flabby, and he has a big pot belly. He was very uptight about it. He had a little complex, and he kept pulling curtains whenever he changed clothes, and he feels old. All the time, he was watching his makeup, and he's very lazy and very slow, and I love him. He's got beautiful eyes and a beautiful... And I, I don't know what the yeah. word is. Well, if I, if I came out of the womb <laughs> a, a, as a 64-year-old, I would feel pretty self-conscious about it, too. It's crazy that George Lucas didn't cast Brando as Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> just absolutely nuts. Can you just imagine going, I can't, I wish I could do a Marlon Brando impression because I would just say, like, Nah, saga, Wookiee, Han Solo. <laughs> Uh, the nudity didn't bother her a bit, she says. Neither did the simulated scenes of stand-up sex, so- sodomy, and self-gratification. Now, that was not said by her. Uh, people are sick who say the film is pornographic, she half-shouts. Nudity, for me, is beautiful and natural, and the film is full of alive and natural things. It is a film about loneliness and anguish more than it is about sex. It's not a blue movie. A lot of dirty old men in Paris went to see it, and they were disappointed. Notice that the interview mentions the sodomy. She doesn't. So she later did a movie with Jack Nicholson, and and he did an interview of it, and he said that he would have to hold her upright because she was zonked out on so many painkillers. This was about five years or so after Last Tango, and from what I could read, she actually got back into heroin in a really bad way and and had a really terrible drug addiction. Because nobody ever just tries heroin a couple times and then never again. Also, this is Jack Nicholson saying she took too many painkillers. This is cocaine dick Jack Nicholson. We're going to (laughs) encapsulate a lot of old episodes, surprisingly. Because guess what movie Maria Schneider was going to do, but turned down when she learned it was basically a porno? Oh, Caligula. Caligula. I was going to say, Ataturk the Uncomparable. (laughs) No, (laughs) that's not a porn. So, in 2007, Maria gave an interview with the Daily Mail that revealed her vile toward the director. It's amazing. I've made 50 films in my career, and Last Tango is 35 years old, but it's still the one that everyone asks me about. Marlon was shy about his body, but nudity wasn't a problem for me in those days. I thought it was beautiful. Okay, so that tracks. However, I never went naked in a movie after Last Tango, even though I was offered many such roles. People today are used to such things, but when the film opened in 72, it was a total scandal. I watched it again three years ago after Marlon died, and it seems kitsch. I think Bertolucci is overrated, and he never really made anything after Last Tango that had the same impact. He was fat and sweaty and very manipulative, both of Marlon and myself, and would do certain things to get a reaction from me. Some Mm. mornings on set, he would be very nice and say hello, and on other days, he wouldn't say anything at all. I was too young to know better. Marlon later said he felt manipulated, and he was Marlon Brando, so you can imagine how I felt. So, I like, she's got fucking hindsight, man. Unfortunately, it gets worse. I felt very sad because I was treated like a sex symbol. I wanted to be recognized as an actress, and the whole scandal and aftermath of the film turned me a little crazy, and I had a breakdown. Uh, Now, though, I can look at the film and like my work in it. They engage in a bunch of nasty activities, the most famous involving Schneider face down on the apartment floor while Brando applies butter to her nether regions. This is a fucking Daily Mail. uh, And performs a sex act on her. He has anal sex with her. That scene wasn't in the original script. The truth is it was Marlon who came up with that idea, she says. 
They only told me about it before we had to film the scene, and I was so angry. I should have called my agent or had my lawyer come to the set because you can't force someone to do something that isn't in the script, but at the time, I didn't know that. Marlon said to me, Maria, don't worry, it's just a movie. But during the scene, even though what Marlon was doing wasn't real, all right? This is very important because they're not allowed to have sex on camera. Yeah. Or else it is a triple X movie. Yeah, literal pornography. It was it was simulated sex. Even though what Marlon was doing wasn't real, I was crying real tears. I felt humiliated, and to be honest, I felt a little raped, both by Marlon and by Bertolucci. After the scene, Marlon didn't console me or apologize, and thankfully there was just one tank take jesus christ i mean that is still sexual assault yeah well we'll get into it so many believe the sex scenes between brandon brando and schneider were real but she insists not at all there was no attraction between us for me he was more like a father figure and i a daughter bad sign red flag yuck do marlon said to me you look just like cheyenne his daughter who oh god who committed suicide in 1995 with your baby face why do people say things why do people think this is a cocaine thing to say to somebody it really bothers me that babyface is like a term yeah it's gross just because of the way what it means it's like ah that adult looks like a baby in an attractive way (laughs) so fucked up everybody so he gave her advice about the movie industry though he was this weird like mentor figure to her and when I celebrated my 20th birthday during filming, Jesus Christ, uh, my trailer. <laughs> Let's pause for a minute here Jesus. to recognize how fucking terrifying that is. Yep. When I was 20, I could barely get out of bed and go to class. Jesus Christ. I know. My trailer was filled with flowers and there was a note saying from an unknown admirer. So I guess that was Brando's way of apologizing. Hey, sorry I like uh, sexually assaulted you. Your I brother. really admire you, though. You look so much like my, my daughter, daughter with your attractive, your baby, sexy, baby young face. face. <laughs> what the oy, fuck? Oy, oy. It's madness, sir. We stayed friends until the end, although for a while we couldn't talk about the movie. Gee. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wonder what that is. If only there was a reason. Jesus. You know, Tom, I've heard of a butterface, but... Uh... Oh! Oh, boo! Boo! Boo. Eat a dick, Liam. Undoubtedly, my best experience about making the film was my encounter with Marlon. So I don't know if it was the fact that she was just strung out or if it was like a weird Stockholm Syndrome situation because... Well, yeah, the way people process trauma like that is really complicated. I mean, like... Oh, it's incredibly so. Like, Ray Rice's wife, when footage showed up of her of him like beating the shit out of her on that elevator and then she like the next day was like i stand by my husband like and people were like why the fuck would you say that and it's like because that's what a situation like that does to you psychologically well look at it i also look at it this way he was her only friend on the set really because before that scene like she was like yeah i mean i i have no attraction to him and he's teaching me all of the all of these things yeah. And then he just totally screws her over and then literally yeah. makes up with Flau. It's like a Lifetime movie. Like, it's insane all of the stuff Marlon Brando does that ex-husbands, not ex-husbands, that, like, abusive boyfriends and husbands do. Yeah. And he also, he never says sorry, which oh, is the fuck p- that. Fa- part that really fucking bothers me the most, which I know is weird, but there's something about men who refuse to, like, admit that they wrongdoing? were wrong, wrongdoing yeah. that's just, like, fucking yeah. really, really gets to me. 
fucking garbage. As someone who apologizes all the time, she almost didn't do the film and had another had an offer to star in another one. This was like her first film. She was a model. Uh, and like Bertolucci discovered her while like browsing through a book because he's a fucking creep. Binders full of women. Binders full of women. And then her agent was like, you would be opposite Marlon Brando. You're, you'd be a fool to refuse this. Yeah, yeah. I was so young and relatively inexperienced, I didn't understand all the film's sexual content. I mean, this was a girl who before this had had like a bunch of sexual experiences but admits that she really didn't under like fully understand and that she was also on drugs so it's like yeah. this is essentially still a child yeah making these decisions it's yeah she's not it's, it's she's saying that she's not inexperienced but she's saying that like mentally like she wasn't ready she's just yeah. she like experience does not connotate mastery i had a bit of a bad feeling about it but you know she did it anyways yeah. however the scandal that the film created, you know, made her the star for a little bit. To be suddenly famous all over the world was frightening. I didn't have bodyguards like they do today. People thought I was just like my character and I would make up stories for the press, but that wasn't me. So maybe that whole 1973 interview is bullshit. Oh, wow. I know. Interesting. The whole circus made me go mad. I got into drugs, pot, and then cocaine, and then LSD, and then heroin. It's like an escape from reality. It was the 70s, and at the time, it was all going on. Yeah. I didn't enjoy being famous, and drugs were my escape. I took pills and tried to commit suicide, but I survived because God decided it wasn't time for me to go. Uh, she lost a lot of friends, friends to drugs, and then she ended up living with Bridget Bardot, who got her clean. And I, I think they might have had, like, a sexual relationship, because she keeps that kind of close to the chest. But, like, hey, that's hers to herself Her business, and yeah. like i'm i'm happy that she she got her clean and yeah found a friend yeah found a friend to say you know and li and lived with her and and i think bridget bardot basically saved her life so good on you bridget yeah you know schneider never married nor did she have children i think after last tango she kind of uh you know again not explicitly said but i think after that whole rigmarole she was only interested in women i mean that's I'm surprised every day that every single woman isn't a lesbian. Every day I wake up and I'm like, how is how have we not gotten extinct? We're literally just jizz tubes. How yeah, how have we not pushed everybody away? Good lord. Ugh. I have no regret, she says, although she admits a deep distrust of men. Gee, I wonder why. And then she goes on to talk about how she's never really had any trust in men because of her father and you know her mother was having affairs with actors and stuff and yeah uh, but all the role models in her family were women so she really looked up to women word all right so uh, regarding bertolucci i've not really forgiven him for the way he treated me and although we met in tokyo 17 years ago i ignored him she says cheerfully plus he and marla made a fortune for the movie and i made about 2500 pounds and bertolucci was a communist uh, so she now runs, uh, she, well, ran The Wheel Turn, an organization which helps aging actors and performers who suddenly find work drying up. And she worked mainly in France and Italy, uh, but it's not easy for actresses over 50, you know, because yeah. the Hollywood industry is terrible. She says her pleasure of these days are very simple. And, okay, so this is why I think she's act she might be one of the funniest people. Listen to this joke, she says. Good. I like to see friends and go to the market and cook, but I never use butter to cook anymore only olive oil holy shit <laughs> fucking great joke wow way to take your trauma back you know yeah unfortunately schneider would pass away in 2011 after a long battle with cancer yeah but tom we're not done yet 
Oh, we're never done. <laughs> it never ends. We our boys beat ceaselessly back into the town. Yeah. We are we are literally you and I are two knights. Not white knights, just knights who just keep trudging along in a world filled with golems and ghouls, thinking, yeah. surely this this town will be the last one, and it never <laughs> fucking is. Yeah. So pick up your scimitar, Tom. I've got my crossbow ready. Yeah, I'll pick up my knight scimitar, the weapon that knights use. Uh, cool knights use it because those swords are cooler. They're curvy and Arabic, <laughs> like numbers. In the cliff... <laughs> You're talking about the movie Numbers, right? Yeah, yeah, the the TV show Number, well, the TV show Num uh, E backwards. Number threeers. Num, number threeers. Yeah. In the clip from a 2013 press tour, Bertolucci describes how he and Brando had come up with the idea to use butter in the scripted rape scene, but did not tell Schneider. What we were going, uh, what was going on? Because I wanted her reaction as a girl, not an actress. I wanted her to react humiliated. Ugh. Fucker. Fuck. Fucker. That. Fuck that. So here's the crazy thing. He's been talking about that ever since the movie came out. And no outcry has come of this. Until December of 2016, like a week ago before this recording, Bertolucci went on record to defend the film because that clip had started surfacing again, the one from 2013. You see, the clip had been surfacing and been passed around by actors and actresses such as Jessica Chastain, Jenna Fisher, and Chris Evans, all of them hmm. condemning the movie and saying that Bertolucci should be uh, strip, stripping of his awards. So uh, in December 2016, Bertolucci went on the record to defend the film. He said, I would like for the last time to clear up a ridiculous misunderstanding that continues to generate press reports about Last Tango in Paris. Several years, several years ago at the Cinémathèque Française, someone asked me for details on the famous butter scene. Fuck you for calling it famous. Yeah. I specified, but her, perhaps I was not clear, that I decided with Marlon Brando not to inform Maria that we would have used butter, he noted. We wanted her spontaneous reaction to that improper use of butter. That is where the misunderstanding lies. Somebody thought and think that Maria had not been informed about the violence on her. That is false. And this was, I did research, corroborated. As she said, she knew of all of the simulated sex she would have to have in the movie. Yeah. The problem wasn't that her character was being anally raped by Marlon Brando. It was the fact that they put butter on her body without her consent. And it was something that wasn't in the script and was thought of the day of filming. Eat shit, fuckface. And that, as I'd learned many years later, offended Maria. Not the violence that's subjugated in the scene, which was written in the screenplay. Acknowledging it and not apologizing for it is fucking classic abusive behavior. You are an asshole. He goes on to say, I had been, in a way, horrible to Maria because I didn't tell her what was going on. And he in still doesn't... In yeah, a in a way. In a way. A little bit. In a way. When you look at it. You know, when you really tilt you know. the... When you Jesus. distort the lens a little bit, when you look at it from the other side, yeah, in a way. You know way. what? I, I turned the prism Ugh. around, and I see it now. I'm the man in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> I need to make the change. Uh, so a lot of people misunderstood this whole situation and thought that what had happened was that Marlon Brando raped her during the movie. And I cannot stress enough, that is a terrible thing. That did not happen. She was sexually assaulted in a different way. And yeah. this is the part where Bertolucci and cinematographer and his cinematographer like don't understand. Because to them, rape is has to be sex. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
when like rape is when someone is doing something to your body in a way that you do not feel comfortable with that is sexual assault god damn it in an interview with the Italian news agency ANSA, when Schneider died, Bertolucci said, Her death came too soon. Before I could tenderly hug her again, tell her that I felt close to her like the first day, at, and at least once, say I was sorry. You are literally the, the worst dude. person in the universe. I Couldn't hate have fucking you. Writ- wrote her. Fucking Ugh. asshole. Fucking... <laughs> The strong creative rapport we had during last the last tango shoot had been poisoned with the passing of time. My dude, my dude, there was no <laughs> rapport. Because if you would notice, she hated you from literally day one. Oh my god. They're, they're missing the point. Yes, there was technically no penetrative rape, but they did assault her. And the quote about humiliating her, fuck you, Bertolucci. You are a sexual predator. That's that's some that's some like classic uh director bullshit where where or or just like artist bullshit where they go oh like my art is so important that well tom it's funny that you bring that up because oh, jesus christ this is not the first time a male director has terrorized female stars oh man are we gonna get a list the here? shining 1985 yeah. <laughs> horror film the shining uh despite championing her for her role it was stanley kubrick who was also duvall's biggest critic In the documentary Stanley Kubrick, A Life in Pictures, Jack Nicholson states that Kubrick was great to work with, but a different director with Duvall. For those of you who don't know, The Shining is basically a movie where you watch Shelley Duvall get terrorized by Jack Nicholson for two hours. It's not great. IMO. Kubrick had chopped and changed the script so many times that Nicholson stopped reading the drafts and learned his lines minutes before shooting. But while the two of them kind of shared something of a bromance, the same could not be said for Duvall and Kubrick. He frequently kept her isolated, cut many of Wendy's lines, and forced her to perform the iconic baseball bat scene an exhausting 127 yeah. times. Yeah. Jesus. The scene entered the Guinness Book of Records as the most takes ever for a scene with spoken dialogue, and her shaking hands and red puffy eyes are the result of genuine crying. Afterwards, she presented the director with clumps of her own hair just to show how close to the edge she was. Quote from Shelley Duvall, from May until October, I was really in and out of ill health because the stress of the role was so great. Stanley pushed me and prodded me further than I've ever been pushed before. It was the most difficult role I've ever had to play. Shelley Duvall is currently, there's like a Kickstarter for her mental well-being, or a GoFundMe, I think. Like, this fucked her up, and she still maintained a career afterwards. And the worst part is, she was nominated for a Razzie. Like, fuck the Razzie guy. Yeah. We're, we'll get to him one day. Sharon Stone and Basic Instinct, directed by the trashiest trash man, Paul Verhoeven, maker of Showgirls, which, dear Lord, one day we'll do an episode on that, my God, (laughs) totally lied to Sharon Stone about the infamous interview scene. So there's a very famous scene in Basic Instinct where she's being uh, interviewed by police. Her legs are crossed. And she she uncrosses and then recrosses them. And you can see her vagina. It's like the basic instinct scene. It is yeah. It is literally the only reason he was able to get the movie made. Well, listen to this. He. Uh, this is from Sharon Stone. He says, when we did it, it was going to be an innuendo. And the director said, we're seeing the white of your underwear. I need you to take them off. And I'm like, I don't want you to see anything. And he's like, no, no, you're not going to. So I gave him the underwear, put them in, put them in the pocket of his shirt. And he Ew. said, now watch on the monitor. In those days, it's not like now where everything is high definition when i looked on the monitor you really couldn't see anything and he promised her that there was nothing in it and he lied 
What the fuck? There are more directors. I mean, Woody Allen casts himself as a 40-year-old dating a 17-year-old. Louis C.K. is a fucking sexual predator. There are directors who will get their own episodes that are also part of this problem, specifically Hitchcock. This is a systemic problem in Hollywood. This is not a one-time thing. I'm sure there are stories that we're never going to hear about. Oh, yeah. This is a problem. I mean, a million, uh, uh, like, fucking... That's what, like, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is about. And, like, that movie does not hold up. That movie movie has some fucked up toxic masculinity in it. Yeah. Um, But, like, that... I was that movie's... Oh, sorry. Uh, I was going to say, what I liked about the nice guys was he definitely was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I, <laughs> I fucked up on that last one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make more of an effort. And while yeah. it like didn't fully work, it was set in the 70s, uh, I think he's kind of looked back and realized, no, I, I think I could have done better. Yeah. And that, I want to end it with this. I think that the most powerful thing that a person can do is admit wrongdoing and then make a real effort to change it's yeah. not you know you don't have to forgive them when they do that either yeah, Your yeah. Forgiveness, it is totally on the impetus of the everybody thinks that if you apologize that you deserve forgiveness and that's fucked up and that's wrong mm-hmm. if you rape somebody and then oh, you feel bad about it later like you're still a fucking scumbag and and it is totally on the victim and everybody else to decide whether or not you get forgiveness. That is the story of Last Tango in Paris. I heard about, I you know read all the controversy that was going on, and I thought we'd talk about it. Don't rape people, guys. You know, just like yeah. keep your hands to um, yourself. Mm-hmm. Consent. Do we want to do an ad this episode? Like, oh man, I feel like we, it might be a little too heavy to do an ad. Yeah. How about this? You know what? I, here, I'm gonna throw you a bone, Tom. It's time for us to pay the piper. Today's yeah. sponsor is Dr. Cynthia's Feel Good Bags of Flowers. It's just a bag of really pretty flowers, and they don't die, and you can put them in vases, and you can put them on your windowsill, and it just makes the world look nice and pretty and lovely. That's so wonderful. I love it. Thank you, Liam. You're welcome. All right, let's Wait, dive on. back into the shit. Use the code media majors to get an extra sunflower with a little yes. smiley face on it that every night will tell you everything's going to be okay. A petunia and some mums. All right, let's let's. Now that we've had that moment of levity, let's bring it back down. Drag me down to the sewers of your filth, trash man. Mm, okay, Liam. That's what they call me. I'm gonna I'm gonna start with this uh, quote. It comes from a tweet from Tim Dickinson, who covers the national affairs for Rolling Stone. Fake news is lazy language. Be specific. Do you mean A, propaganda, B, disinformation, C, conspiracy theory, or D, clickbait? Those are not mutually exclusive. It can be a little bit of both. So today, I'm going to talk about a conspiracy theory that has affected something that you and I both know. Are we doing Pizzagate? We are doing Pizzagate. Mm, Fantastic. No, you can be excited about this. No, um, I, I am, just because I've also been reading about this. What fucking topical episode, my dude? I love this. Right? Yeah. Okay, so, fun fact, Liam and I, uh, D.C.-based, we grew up in D.C. Rock and uh, there's a There's a pizza place called Comet Ping Pong, and it's fucking dope. Uh, I, I, I haven't eaten there a ton, but it's a good establishment. It's really good pizza. Um, I've actually played shows there. It's a really great venue, and what's really cool is Jeff Rosenstock, one of my heroes, filmed one of his music videos 
not that only word. in Comet, but also just down that stretch of Connecticut Avenue. Like, pro- yeah. politics and prose is in there. It's, it's a really great part of D.C. It's one of my favorite parts of D.C. So imagine my surprise the other night when uh, me and my moms are driving to CVS to pick up some medication for my dad, and we can't get onto Connecticut because it's completely backed up, and there are from and you could see this from way off there that's how many cop cars there were i want to say there were maybe like three to six cop cars and and you might be asking well why would the police be at comet pit at comet ping pong well they don't serve donuts (laughs) you fucking asshole the 2016 election has become a signifier of media anxiety one such aspect focusing on the propagation and popularity of what a lot of people are referring to as fake news, which is the fucking scum of the earth right now. Yeah, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about fake news and w- what it means and how to actually like talk about what it is. Uh, before the uh, so during the election, John Podesta works with the Hillary Clinton campaign. His emails are hacked. It's not really important who, uh, though some people think it was Russia. There's been a lot of there's been a lot of speculation that Russia had influence over the recent election. I don't know. I'm not going to talk about that. Not WikiLeaks publishes these emails. Hey, quick note: fuck WikiLeaks. Fuck WikiLeaks. Um, fuck WikiLeaks. Fuck Julian Assange. Fucking Chelsea Manning got all the the information and shit. And, and everybody forgets that she's rotting away in prison and is not even allowed to change her fucking gender because a psychologist deems that she's not allowed to. Fuck that. Fuck that in its ear. Yeah, and Julian Assange gets all the credit even though he's a fucking They made rapist. a movie about him with fucking yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch. Like, fuck you, Julian Assange. Who is yeah. also who has also been accused of sexual misconduct. He, no, he's a rapist. Like, he's a fucking he just, rapist. Yeah, he's a fucking rapist. The reason I said misconduct was I didn't know exactly oh, no, no, no. what he did but glad that we can verify that he's a fucking rapist yeah 4chan discovers that a few of these emails are exchanged between john podesta and uh comet ping pong owner james alifantis alifantis is a gay man and rem- and 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 normally I, I would not mention that but it's 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 kind unfortunately of imp- very crucial to where the story goes yeah uh so then 4chan begins to craft a narrative this narrative you know this is the t- the typical journey that these these f- this fucking batshit stuff takes uh it propagates from 4chan to reddit to twitter and eventually makes its way into the broader cultural consciousness trump wins the election you you know this you're an american citizen maybe you're not um but a- i literally and- threw up because of it yeah fuck oh man that was such a rough night (laughs) rough week yeah and pizzagate that because this is what it is being called now is pizzagate continues and gets really serious post-election one site vigilant citizen runs a now deleted article on november 15th 2016 note that date might be wrong 
because I couldn't find the uh, original article. I had to view, view, I couldn't even find the full thing. I had to view a truncated clone post on another website called truthseeker.co.uk. I am definitely on a watch list because of this podcast. Well, I'm going to try to get this episode up like ASAP, like maybe even tonight. So we'll clear your name. (laughs) Awesome. 4chan. So, so this is the quote from the, the article. 4chan effectively unearthed a strange network of high-powered people who, through art, events, and social media, actually celebrate a culture that revolves around death, torture, cannibalism, and child abuse. Most of this disturbing material was not even hidden. It was out there in the open, exposed on businesses' walls, and posted on social media. Furthermore, an analysis of the Podesta emails revealed that the network appeared to communicate using code words to cover up their shady dealings. This is where... The say. epicenter of this entire thing is, believe it or not, a hipster pizza place called Comet Ping Pong. Say what you were going to say. So the I remember reading about this before the election, and they talk about like party food items being something else. So cheese pizza was child pornography. Liam, I, I have a photograph for you. Oh, God. Worst, the worst words to get that you i literally ended that sentence with child pornography said liam i have a photo for you this podcast has just been deleted from the world tom because of your fucking impulsive behavior i swear to god we're not peddling in child pornography this is a uh image posted from some fucking assholes oh yeah yeah yeah. this i saw i remember seeing this uh just a list for the listeners hot dog equals boy Pizza equals girl. Cheese equals little girl. Pasta equals little boy. Ice cream, male prostitute. Walnut or nuts, person of color. Map, <laughs> semen. And sauce, orgy. So, first of I all, can't... This, is, this is dumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is very dumb. Uh, Liam, yeah, you're yeah. going to be disappointed to know that this is not going to be the last thing that I'm going to send to you. Oh, I'm aware. <laughs> Uh, so essentially the thrust of this conspiracy was that hillary clinton and podesta ran a child sex ring uh that may or may not have been satanist because they just like that's not the point but they just like threw that in for color i guess well democrats are the party of satan tom yeah yeah because satan loves you know progressive laws treating everyone with equality clean air and a clean environment (laughs) fucking satanic those things yeah we're cute little Um, marxists on this podcast (laughs) and uh elephantis is is they they claimed he was involved because elephantis contributed to the campaign and and enjoyed like a friendly relationship i believe with podesta um they they had some sort of connection well here's here's what it is i bet like so dc is is renowned for having really shitty pizza like it's not a good place for pizza <laughs> yeah. so i think that the like podesta is in dc a lot and he probably just enjoys the restaurant and when you're yeah. john podesta and you eat at comet pizza the owner is gonna be like hey john podesta and you might strike up a friendship. Also, um, surprise, maybe a, a liberal-leaning, or a liberal, I don't know his political beliefs, gay man, uh, looks at the two presidential candidates, one of whom is a fucking bigot whose vice president supports uh, gay conversion therapy, which is literally psychological torture. Yep. Um, and then sees Hillary Clinton, who is courting uh, the the 
gay community and supports gay rights um which one do you choose right and here's and here's another reason why i think that it's worth mentioning that he's a gay man there is a a historical association between uh pedophilia and homosexuality because because they assume it's that homosexuality is deviancy so pedophilia is because it's also deviancy is just like the same thing there is there is no evidence to suggest that there is even remotely a connection between the two i remember i remember as a kid on there was an episode of svu that was spoofing michael jackson and ice t has this whole monologue about how like you know pedophiles they like uh young people because because they don't develop uh breasts yet so they don't they all look like little boys and like holy fucking shit yo that's that's a really terrible act impression <laughs> shocker tom lockney not good at impressions i actually found one reddit user or i oh, well not actually not one i found a bunch that that just associated the two but the one that i've chosen to pull for a quote here says Oliphantus is gay, meaning he is a pedophile Satanist. So there are, and and there are going to be people out there being like, well, yeah, but you found the one asshole on Reddit. Like, no, dog. Like, this is a thing that people believe. Dude, Reddit users are like rats. You see one, it means there's a thousand. Exactly. So this was not small. This shit got on Twitter. I found a few Facebook groups. Uh, presumably a bunch have been shut down by now. But as of yesterday, I found two one uh, with 1,836 members and another with 4,203. Uh, and there was also a, some podcast with 1,527 likes. Hey, Liam, what the fuck? What are we doing wrong? Uh, we're not perpetuating false news. There you go. On these, on these Facebook groups, Liam, I have two photographs to send to you. Oh, boy. It's... You know, you know what this is. You yep. know what these are gonna be. I have a feeling. Sorry, my neighbor is blasting terrible R&B right now, and I'm worried it's gonna pick up on the podcast. Who is it? Is it R. Kelly? No, I can't even tell. This is horrifying. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So just to, <laughs> I'm only looking at the second one, which looks like a fucking schizophrenic roadmap to the worst parts of the of Eight Chan. So. What Liam and I are looking at and just, like, gawking at right now are two images. One of John and uh, Tony Podesta doing, like, face comparisons with police sketches of men wanted in the abduction of a child. I should have checked where she was abducted from because I don't think that she was a dc i don't know if she was a dc resident yeah i mean it, obviously it doesn't say which leads me to believe she probably wasn't uh yeah also i'm looking at the phone numbers and dc is 202 and the area codes in this are not uh any any maryland dc or virginia area code that i've ever run into uh they do that in they're doing the insane face comparison thing that they do in like the uh, <laughs> Katy Perry is John Benet Ramsey yeah. conspiracy where they like superimpose them onto one another. Uh, it's like there you go, that's your proof. It's like no, yeah. that's shitty photoshopping. Yeah. Also, like uh, on one of the sketches that's meant to be John Podesta, the individual, the sketch does not have glasses. John Podesta does have glasses. Um, there's another picture of Anthony Weiner who is a pedophile, but uh, probably not related to this. 
Uh, there's another one that is typical internet detective work where they have a photograph of two kids who I guess are in the pizzeria and they're they're like one okay so that it's it's the thing where it's like <laughs> arrows from every it's it is it is so fucking complicated to look at yeah it's very hard to describe but it's got ridiculous things like bruises under eyes when like clearly there aren't any fucking bruises there like like they're just lit they're just saying here is the thing that is just not there it's all nonsense basically they're saying that she has symbols on her dress that are symbols of pedophilia when it's just the fucking fibonacci sequence yeah yeah and like, oh. and, and she's playing with electrical tape and people are like why would she be playing with electrical tape it's, it's used like, in bondage it's, it's uh. tape so this is all of course not true but that is we're in a post-truth world tom <sighs> Alephantis, as well as his staff, have been subject to abuse and death threats for months and months and months. Uh, the general manager's wife asked him to quit because she was like, this is too much. Uh, despite requesting the FBI and local police to assist in dispelling the, this, this false news, uh, the story persisted. And on December 4th, just four days ago, uh, 2016, a man by the name of Edgar Welch, 28 years old, Walks into Comet Ping Pong with a shotgun, uh, make model not mentioned, a 38 caliber revolver, and an AR-15 rifle. He says he's going in there to conduct a citizen's uh, investigation. This is not the armament of uh, investigation. This is somebody prepared to kill people because you have cl you have shotgun. And a handgun for close range. And an range. assault rifle, Tom. And an, a and gun an assault that is, literally rifle. has the word assault in it. Yes, an assault rifle. AR-15 is a semi-automatic rifle developed uh, to replace things like the M1 Garand and, and the, uh, the Thompson machine gun after World War II as, as a use specifically of urban warfare. Uh, and he is taken in unharmed. He fires a few warning shots. No one is hurt or injured or killed. Thank God. Yeah. And he is taken in by the police unharmed. At this point in the story, I would like to re remind everybody that black lives fucking matter. I would also like to remind everybody that Comet Ping Pong is very family friendly. And there were for sure kids and families eating at that. So yeah. he could have actually ended up killing children, which judging by his story, would be the inverse of what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah. Oh, and he's traumatized. He definitely has traumatized kids. Yeah, for sure. If, if somebody... Remember the DC sniper? Yes, I that remember shit, the DC sniper. I was fucking 10. Yeah, like, that shit stuck with me. And, like, I didn't know anybody who died, but it was like, hey, we don't have recess outside anymore. And, and with carpool, you have to run to your car. Because you could be shot and killed because there's somebody out there who is shooting kids. Fuck, dude. The, the fucking ignorance at display here. See, this is why it's a bummer episode because I am so actually mad right now. So am I. Yeah. And this is sort of where the story ends. I want to I wanna talk about fake news or, or what a lot of people are calling fake news really quick um, for a couple of reasons because like okay this is this is an ongoing conversation that i think that we all need to have because i think fake news is not 
an appropriate descriptor. That's why I open the story with fake news, lazy language. Do you mean A, propaganda, B, disinformation, C, conspiracy theory, or D, clickbait? And they're not mutually exclusive. This was politically minded uh, conspiracy theory started by people on 4chan who uh, are racist, sexist, uh, homophobic, like every, every possible form of bigotry that you could possibly imagine. But there are some complications by just calling it fake news, like who gets to decide what's fake. Because you also could say The Onion is fake news, which, like, it is, it is, but yeah. it's not, it's comedy website. Yeah, it's parody. There there was a list that went around a while back that, was, that, that I'm sure you saw, it. people posted it on Facebook, like 200 fake news sites, but, like, a lot, not a lot, but some of them are... Uh, legitimate news sites and and so a lot of that stuff is uh, was presented as hey Russia runs all this stuff and there's no official link between Russia and any of this it's we're still speculating as to what Russia may or may not have done what role they may or may not have played a uh, Washington Post is up to some really like whack shit because they po okay so they posted that list of of 200 sources and then had to add an editor's note to the top of this story um because people were like because okay so the list was based off of a study group who their methods were questionable and and people said hey like like i said there there are websites on that list of 200 that should not be on that list um and so the washington post edited uh, added an editor's note saying uh uh we do not vouch for the validity of these findings that the people our headline describes as experts which is like whack ass reporting because if your piece has false information and you keep the headline because that's what a lot of people read for they're not going to get they're not going to understand that this list is maybe false and we have to worry about that that's their official stance uh, there was an interview where a man who runs one of these websites said, oh, well, you can't do this against liberals because they don't fall for it. And that's absolutely not true. That is absolute bullshit. Lots of lots of liberals shared this because uh, uh, folks like to jack themselves off about how uh, progressive they are. Like, oh, whoa, look how smart we are because, you know, we think we think that you should respect all sides of the story, even the racist. Fuck you, Trevor Noah. Uh, oh, is that the Tommy Lauren interview? Yeah. Because he keeps defending her. He keeps defending her outside of the show. Oh, outside of the show? Oh, yeah, outside of the show, he's been tweeting, like, Tommy Lauren is, like, always welcome back on my show. And, like, and, well, that, and they have to say that. But I, I understand. I enjoyed the interview just because he kept asking the one question he wanted the answer to and, like, pretty much proved that she she's full of bullshit. Um, hey, there Tommy was a Lauren, if you're listening to this, I want to fight you. Like, I want to <laughs> physically fight you. I'm not. No, I think it'll be a pretty fair fight. Like, she looks scrappy. I want to fight you. Time and place. Let's do it. <laughs> a BuzzFeed poll. Um, lots of people shit on BuzzFeed for a lot of things. BuzzFeed has like a some decent people working for them. Found that about they also have Jonah Peretti. Yush. The, uh, that headlines fool American adults about 75% of the time. 
that's that's so that's regardless of okay so like trump voters 75 percent believed the one story and 46 believed uh 46 percent of clinton voters and there and, and like that's that's like one of the more extreme examples there's a couple uh, like FBI director Comey put a Trump sign on his front lawn where 76% of Trump voters believed it and 73% of Clinton voters believed it. So this is not like a party based thing. Uh, it doesn't, and it doesn't matter how long it takes. Cause, cause uh, in the, in the interview where the guy said liberals don't fall for this, he said that usually it doesn't take them that long to figure it out. But like I said, with WAPO, it doesn't matter how long it takes people to figure this out. You see a headline, you share it. And disinformation spreads and gains legitimacy. It gains a platform and becomes this ubiquitous cultural thing where now there's this pushback panic about what is fake news? And that's not the way that we should be looking at it. We should be categorizing it. We should be thinking about what it is, where it's coming from, what it means, who is propagating it. And we're all going to fucking die. Yep. This has been bummer. (laughs) This has been bummer, Majors. Yeah, this has been media downers. Um, I think another important thing is that you have all these people who say they have evidence, and it's like, if you have evidence, go to the FBI. Go to the police. Because now you're obstructing justice. Like, you're now also as responsible as these satanic pedophiles you're talking about. It's not real. (laughs) None of this is real. We live in the Matrix. This has been Media Majors. Are you depressed yet? Yikes. Uh, I'm glad we talked about this, though. Uh, I think it's just this Pizzagate thing is just like there's no evidence. Everything they have is all made up and doctored in fucking Photoshop. Yeah. If, if If you have to analyze... A photograph like it's like you're a fucking art history major like i think that you maybe have gone astray i'm just so confused as to why there is still such a vocal group trying to like talk like people are so pissed that this isn't making major media news and like do you know what happened like apparently the guy the shooter who went in like they they told him that none of it was real and he was like what what are you saying (laughs) and they're like yeah this is fucking fake you dingbat yeah so this has been upping your antidepressants majors (laughs) yeah sad majors topical episode you know maybe this would be a good time to remind people uh we have a new pitch program on our website if you go to mediamagerscast.com and look to the left uh we want to hear your stories you can you can pitch us on and uh everybody's welcome but we want to give preference to uh marginalized voices women lgbtq people of color um tell your story it can be about being marginalized it it doesn't have to be we just want to give you a, a voice and to yeah a platform and for you to use that in whatever way that you see fit all the information for that is on the website um we're yeah. also trying to do a new you know audience submit thing if there's something that we glossed over an angle that we missed or any corrections or anything and you want us to read it on the show just contact us we'll do that yeah media we- majors podcast at gmail.com um speaking of that email we have a live show coming up january 8th 
um, yep. in DC. If you're going to be around the DC area that time and want to see us do a live show, uh, email the podcast and yeah, we'll, make sure you're not <laughs> a creep or anything. Yeah, beer will <laughs> beer will be provided, and afterwards we're gonna watch a Neil Breen movie and play the Breen drinking game. It's but great. Maybe we don't invite everybody to that part. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, uh, but yeah, if you'd like to come, we'd love to have some fans stop by. Um, we're also making a push because we want to grow our our listener base. Because uh, we like this and we think that we have interesting discussions. Um, go on, rate and review us on iTunes. Okay, here's here's an idea. I feel like a lot of podcasts mm-hmm. uh, just say review us on iTunes, and I I want to and I never do because it's like being told write an essay but not being given a prompt. Yeah. How about uh uh we come up with some sort of phrase some sort of like joke phrase uh like this is the manchurian manchurian candidate of podcast reviews and people write some uh weird non sequiturs for our review um Um, i would like people to write uh the b-movie memes have gone too far for our if you if you like us the b-movie memes have gone too far if you don't like us or, or you want us to improve write um uh uh media majors but every time they and then insert criticism it gets faster love it yeah we have personal plugs that we do all the time just follow us on twitter yeah uh, media majors cast at or at media majors cast and then our personal twitters are in the bio yeah i've got a sketch group um we're oh actually uh, the Boys Night just released our first and probably only podcast episode. The audio quality should be perfect. Um, if you are hearing weird stuff, that's probably your problem. Uh, you can find that on SoundCloud. And um, I make music under the name Sore Dinosaur. And if you like, if you're like a 14 year old white kid in the stu- suburbs who smokes a lot of weed, I think you're gonna like what I have to offer. Uh, you can find me on SoundCloud, Thomas Lockney on SoundCloud. If if you're depressed all the time that music is great for you Mm -hmm. um oh i'm on Bandcamp, not soundcloud i mean i have a soundcloud but go to sword dinosaur Bandcamp. oh um i do a youtube series chaboy explains where i analyze video games this month my topic is going to be how games model addiction um so keep an eye out for that chaboy explains on perfect christmas video (laughs) Oh, yeah, exactly. The perfect uh, Christmas Your boy explains on YouTube. I also write about games. Thomas Lockney, Game Informer, Destructoid. And as always, guys, just hug each we'll, other tight. Just suck, just suck each other. Just <laughs> suck the titty. We'll, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be there for you. Uh-huh.